Welcome to the Through These Gates podcast, the most rational Nebraska football show on the internet. I'm your host, as always, Caleb Salvatore, and we just took an L to Purdue last night. I don't... <laughs> I mean, I could have told you guys... I'm going to ditch these headphones. Fuck this. I'm not talking to anybody right now. I could have told you guys that, that we weren't going to get blown out. In fact, I did tell you that 14 point... That Nebraska being a 14 point dog to Purdue was ridiculous, and I was right. I predicted a win. We almost had it. There were a lot of things that went wrong, and it's not a situation where we could blame just one particular unit or one particular coach. It was just about Jeff Brom's a hell of a coach. They outplayed us. They outplayed us. It almost feels like Purdue has become the new Missouri. Like that that's what it, it feels like Purdue's become our new Missouri. For a while it felt like it was Northwestern, but it's a the Missouri game always felt like we should win this with no problem. Like, we should win it every time. But there was a while, man, a couple years where they beat us, like, every year. And for like It was like a span of, like, four or five years we couldn't get over the hump. And that's what Purdue feels like. It doesn't help that it's the same color, you know, the same color uniforms. So I, it, it's just a weird game. Like, it's Purdue. We should beat Purdue. Purdue should not be a good team. I'm a college football purist, right? I remember the good old days when they were a pushover. Purdue should not be a good team. It shouldn't be up in the air. Oh, are we going to beat Purdue this week? No, it should just be like that. Just go in and take care of business. So I don't know. It was a weird. It was a weird game. Um, there were. I, Casey Thompson, and I hate to blame it on one guy, because like I said, it was a team loss. You score 37 points, you should win. Period. I don't care. 37 points, you should win the game. Your defense should be able to get you a stop, right? Casey Thompson, I mean, missing the guy wide open in the back of the end zone. Alante Brown. We're talking about a number two emerging. Alante Brown, wide open in the end zone. Missed him. That pick he threw that was intended for Palmer. If he hits that, on, I don't know what the hell he was doing. If he hits that on the money, that's a touchdown. And that's probably the difference in the game right there. I mean, that's because they kicked a field goal uh, when he missed Elante Brown. So there's four points. I mean, that's 11 points left on the board from Casey Thompson. And then Purdue, I believe, went down and scored. So, I mean, that you're talking an 18-point swing solely based on bad passes. Now, Offensive line was awful, but we're used to that. Well, first off, shout out to Trey Palmer. Like, he's a team player. I don't think he's going to be whooping and hollering about his day. But, I mean, regardless, that was a great game. That was the most dominant game I have seen from a wide receiver in I don't know how long. I remember when Spielman set that record. Excuse me. And it it was impressive. But the way Palmer did it was just like, I don't know. It just felt different. It was like watching Randy Moss, man. It was like a boy amongst men out there. He looked phenomenal. Um, the NFL, he, he may be one and done here. The NFL may, may come calling. I would do not be surprised if we don't have Trey Palmer next year, and that could be a problem. Somebody else is going to have to emerge. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, so I mean, the defense looked awful. Awful. I, I guess we can get into grades, you know. Um, quarterbacks, I got like a D, man. And it's, it's tough to give a D grade to a quarterback when you score 37 points and your receiver goes off. But, man, it's like I said, 
there were critical moments where Casey Thompson's play directly lost us the game in several different instances. It wasn't just a one-time isolated incident. Incident, or incident, excuse me. It happened several times. So it just felt like like I, I can't go any more D plus for quarterbacks. I guess I, I can't go any higher than that, man. He just got out. Like, it was just bad play. I mean, when you look at the the time of possession and the way they dominated that with first downs and total plays, right? It was it was an abomination. An abomination. Uh, running backs, again, it's hard to, I'm going to say C plus, B minus. It's hard to grade these running backs when they, they're getting hit as soon as they hit the line of scrimmage or sometimes before it, every play. Every play, they're hit as soon as they get to the line. I mean, it's the the yards after first contact for these guys have got to be ridiculous because it's it's hard. I mean, the, the, this is the worst offensive line I've ever seen. I'm I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This offensive line is terrible, bad. Like I watch them and I think that maybe Casey slept with one of their girlfriends or I, I don't know, man, or all of their girlfriends. It's so bad. It just feels like you have to try to be this bad. So it's it's hard to grade the running backs when. I mean, they're, they're getting hit as soon as they touch the ball. Almost. Receivers. Um, a minus. A minus. I mean, because I'm not, I'm not going to go A plus in a loss. Palmer was the only receiver that looked good. Ma- Martin had that big catch. Washington did as usual, like three for 30 or whatever. And then nobody else did anything. So, I mean, A minus just for Palmer's big game. I think that's fair because uh, it's a it's a unit grade. It's not just any one guy. Palmer had a great game, great game, but I have to grade the whole unit. If I'm grading Palmer alone, it's A plus plus plus, but it's not, so it's gonna drop it a little bit. Uh, tight ends, B, nothing spectacular. I mean, Vokalek had a few was what three for thirty eight. So I mean, he it looks like they're trying to get the tight ends more engaged in the offense. And good on them. They had a pass to him down in the goal line. It didn't work out, but good on them. Um, it's good to see them finally. I mean, you have this monstrous human being. It's good to see them finally throwing him the ball, I guess. <laughs> um, offensive line. <laughs> Surprise, F. I don't know if I've given the uh, the Indiana game. I think they did okay, like C+. Plus. But I the offense, it's, oh, my God. It's seriously, guys. I'm not overreacting. It's the worst offensive line I've ever seen. The worst offensive line I've ever seen. Worse than last year. Yes, they lost Jurgens. I get it. But as a coach, it is on you to coach these guys up. We went over the amount of star power on this offensive line. Absolutely no reason that they're this bad. I'm not expecting them to be, you know, Dallas Cowboys offensive line, you know, circa the Bill Callahan years. I'm not I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for this dominant offensive line, just a Maulers. You know, the Will Shields and Zach Wiegerts. I'm not asking for that. We don't need every we don't need five Dave Remingtons. I want five just Brett Quavales. There's a reference for you. Five just decent starters. That's all I want. They don't have to be this dominant mauling offensive line at this point. Just decent players that can give the quarterback some kind of time to throw the ball. And hey, maybe the running back doesn't get hit until he gets into the linebacking core three or four yards down the field instead of at the goal line, or excuse me, instead of at the line of scrimmage or behind it. By the way, speaking of goal line, shout out to Jaquizian. Looked solid in the goal line. Short yardage situations. 
So yeah, F for the offensive line. Rayola. I mean, if we're if we're taking heads, Rayola should be fired Monday morning for this. I mean, it was bad, 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 bad. It's like Sonny's death in The Godfather. Someone has to pay for it. Like Rayola should be fired. Absolutely, it's bad. Dude's an off. You want to talk about the worst hire? I called it. Go back to the offensive preview for the for the off season for the preseason. I said we made all these flashy hires, right? Joseph Whipple, uh, Applewhite, Bill Bush. But the only hire that's going to matter, the hire that will determine the trajectory of this season, was the weakest hire, which was Rayola. Very big question mark. Very much an unknown. He was a guy that, I mean, nobody really knew a lot about him. So, I mean, it, it, it's I'm being proven right every week. It was a bad hire. It was a bad hire. The season was hinging on one hire, and I really felt like they hired him not because of his coaching prowess, but because they wanted to recruit his nephew, who wound up going to Ohio State, and we're not going to get into the, the rumor mill of, of what happened with his nephew. But... It really did. That's what it, it felt like. They hired Rayola to go after one recruit, a quarterback that they wouldn't. It wouldn't have mattered because they wouldn't have been able to protect him if his uncle was still the, the offensive line coach. So they, yeah, I just, I don't think he's going to be here next year. Um, defensive line, F. They get no push, man. None. Linebackers. Um, D minus for inside linebackers, probably a C minus pass rush was okay at times for outside linebackers. Sorry. Pass rush was okay at times, but I mean, it's just too many mistakes, man. Very disappointing that unit, the edge rushers, defensive backs F. I mean, you get shredded for 391 yards and four touchdowns. You're getting an F. Sorry. That's just what we're doing here. That's, I don't know what else to say. I mean. You get shredded like that, it's it's an F. Um, Quentin Newsom, like every night, Quentin Newsom would have like a good play, and I'm like, all right, now he's getting into it. Now, now here we go. It's starting to gel. The tide's gonna turn. We're gonna start shutting these guys down, and then he'd, he'd get he'd get blown away. It's just, it was bad. Uh, special teams, I gotta give him an A. I'm not giving anyone an A plus and a loss, but I mean. They blocked a punt, four for four on PATs, three for three on field goals, hit one from 43. Buscini, 53-yard punt. He was averaging 42 yards. They, nothing ridiculous happened on kickoffs. They had some solid, I mean, they had a couple solid returns with, with, with Hill, with Tommy Hill. So, I mean, I don't know. A, for special teams. I mean, really, special teams did their job. Um, coaching. This is tough, and I feel like I'm going to grade this on a curve. I'm going to say B for coaching. I don't think the coaching was bad. I just think it was a talent thing. I mean, I think, I mean here's the thing. Under the previous head coach this would have been a blowout they got down 17 points it would have been a blowout right but the fact that they kept their heads in this game and didn't just roll over and I mean they could have just laid down they got down by 10 points early tied the game then got down by 17 
You can't get down by double digits twice and expect to win. That's just the reality here. But they managed to, I mean, they kept their heads in it the whole way. There were a couple times where the game felt like it was slipping away and it was going to turn into an ass kicking. And it didn't. And they fought back. Casey had, like I said, bad turnovers, but he bounced back. Offensive line was terrible. I can't believe that guy's not in the ER, honestly. Offensive line play was terrible, but he kept bouncing back. He, I, know, I don't think they want him to because I can tell by how hesitant he is in the pocket, but I think he needs to start running the ball more. If you're going to have an offensive line that's this piss poor, your quarterback's going to have to be able to maneuver, and he's going to have to be willing to scamper for five, six, seven yards at a time. I mean, that's three, four, five yards even. That It's better than the five-yard loss. It's better than getting drilled and throwing an incomplete pass, and now it's third and ten. You know, so, I mean, it's he's they're going to have to let him run a little bit. Even if he doesn't want to, he's going to have to start doing it because that's just – if you want to win games or at least be competitive with this offensive line, you can't just sit back there and get killed all game. It's bad, man. It's I, I, I don't know how to put it into words to describe how bad this offensive line is. It's bad. Terrible, man. Nobody wants to play right tackle. We don't have we might as well just have four guys and line up with an extra receiver. Because the right tackle, who it, it, no matter who's there, it's just awful. It's like having a cone there. Not even like a traffic cone, like a like a, a practice, like a running cone. They just run right through it. They don't even run around it. They run through it. It's bad. I can't get into like how bad this offensive line is. The path forward is murky, man. I, I, I thought we had a shot at the postseason at making a bowl game. Um, but I don't know. I, I think a lot of that was hinging on beating Purdue. I think it's still it's not out of the question that we make a bowl game. Let me know in the comments. Do you think we make a bowl game? If so, I mean, we need three wins. I'm not gonna they're not gonna give us five with one of those wins being an FCS team. We need three wins. Um, so we won't get a pity bowl. They need, we need to get three wins. If Let me know if you think we're going to make a bowl game, and if you do, let me know where those three wins are coming. Where where are they coming from? Um, I mean, the Big Ten, Minnesota lost 14-26 to Illinois. Right? Minnesota looks a lot more human. Wisconsin lost to, Michi- or to Michigan State. Minnesota looks a lot more human than they did a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, I thought they were a shoe-in for the West. So we got a bye week coming up. That's good. They needed that. It's been an emotional couple weeks. They needed a bye week. I'm glad it came at the right time. I'm going to Vallas that weekend. Um, I'm going to get some shows going on in town. But they got, I mean, Illinois, Minnesota, both at home, Michigan on the road, Wisconsin at home, Iowa on the road. Where are the three wins? I think you can still get them. You got to beat Illinois. You have to. Bielema's got those guys looking sharp, though. That's not going to be a walk in the park. I thought Illinois was going to struggle this year, but they they didn't, man. They've weathered the storm. He's done well. We should look at what Brett Bielema has done to Illinois, done at Illinois, and say this is what we need in a head coach. We should look at what uh, I believe Hupel has done at Tennessee. 
and say, this is what we need to look for in our next coach. If it's not Mickey, we're all rooting for Mickey. And that's what another thing that's bugging me. Fans speculating about who the next head coach could be or getting excited about Matt Rule or Dave Aranda or whoever it is. Fans getting excited about that guy, about somebody, is not anti-Mickey. You can be rooting for Mickey. You can want him to get the job, to keep the job, and still speculate because it's fun to do. It's interesting. It provides a topic for conversation. Simply discussing potential coaching replacement candidates does not necessarily make you anti-Mickey Joseph. That's what people need to start realizing. It's not an anti-Mickey thing. We're all rooting for him. Everyone. Best case scenario is he wins the next six games, right? It's the best case scenario. Everyone agrees. Best case scenario is he wins out and we never look back. We win the Big Ten West. Go to a bowl game. That's the best case scenario. I don't think it's going to happen, but we're all rooting for it. We're all on the same team here. Simply saying, hey, wouldn't it be cool if we got Lance Leipold or wouldn't uh, Matt Campbell be an interesting hire? Don't think he would be. But simply saying something like that does not equate to being anti-Mickey Joseph. Or not rooting for him. You got people, you have got to stop this this divisiveness. We're all this tribalism crap has got to stop. We're all pro Mickey. We all want him to succeed. Everyone does. Everyone in the country, or excuse me, in the fan base wants to see him succeed. But if he doesn't, there's gotta be some kind of plan B. I don't think that if if he needs to impress, I think he's a legitimate candidate for the job, but he needs to impress, okay? If they lose the next six games, which is possible, I don't think it's going to be this walk in the park, oh, it's it's Mickey. I don't think he's going to get hired. I just don't. Like, if they finish the season with four or five wins and don't make a bowl game, it's going to be tough to, to justify hiring a position coach who's only ever coached, what, NAIA as a head coach up until this year, it's going to be hard to justify that to the boosters. I think he's going to stay no matter what as the receivers coach, right? He, I mean, any coach that comes in would be happy to have him. He's one of, if not the best receivers coach in the country. There's no denying that. It would be interesting to see what he could do with a full year, like offseason, I'm not going to lie, and get his own staff in there. I don't think Whipple's going to be back next year. I don't think it'll be anything to do with performance. I think Whipple did a lot better last night. But I don't think it'll be anything to do with performance. I just I think he's done. I think he's kind of ready to go. Call it quits here. Um, it'll be interesting to see like if he could get an actual offensive line coach, you know, not an analyst for one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL year in and year out just because of his last name, got the job. But I, I, I just I, I wanted to get that off my chest. It is so annoying seeing people on Twitter or Facebook, you need to support the coach we have. Anytime someone speculates on, oh, it could be interesting if we hired this guy. Just drop, just, just let's all just enjoy the season. We got to let it play out. Because, I mean, yeah, they won. They beat Indiana and Rutgers, who aren't great. They played Purdue close, who does look pretty good. 
So let's just wait. Let's see how it plays out and make a judgment. We got six games left. Excuse me, five games left. I don't know. I don't know why I said six. We got five games left. Just let it play out. Let's see what he does before we go crowning him head coach. Because it's completely within reason, and I wouldn't blame Trev if they didn't give him the job, if they get five wins this year. So just relax and see where it goes. Um, That's all I got. But uh, yeah, this has been the Through These Gates podcast. I'm Caleb Salvatore. You can follow me at Caleb Isn't Funny on Twitter and Instagram, Caleb Salvatore Comedy on TikTok. Night of the Laughing Dead will be Saturday, October 29th at the Beach House Bar and Grill in Omaha. That's our monthly show in town here. We're not doing one in November, so if you're planning to come out, just come to the one in October. Okay, we're taking November off, uh, and we're reloading. We have some fun stuff going on in December. Uh, I'll have the ticket link in my bio there. Make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, turn your notifications on. It all helps with the algorithm, man. I love you guys that come on and do like the conversations and, and comment along with me because it boosts it up. Like it, it pushes us up on the front page of your, to the front page of people who are looking for Nebraska videos on YouTube. And there's a lot of them. There's a lot of channels out there. Ours is new. We're doing pretty well with all things considered. And, um, I really appreciate the love that we've seen so far. Um, I, I read all your comments. All I read all the comments. I see. I see you. I hear you. If I don't reply, I'm not ignoring you. You are heard. You are seen. You are loved. Follow my show. That's based on OutlawStreamers.com. You can check that out. Uh, it's also on Spotify, Spreaker, iHeart, um, Rumble, all the places. My personal YouTube, Caleb Salvatore. Subscribe to that do clips for my uh, my show that's based on their daily clip um, from the, with links to the full episode because they don't let me post them on YouTube anymore. But thank you so much. It's been That's Based. Hopefully we'll get a, a video out, maybe talking like future, where do we go from here going forward type of stuff uh, next Friday. That's what I'm hoping to do for the bye week. And uh, yeah, just make sure you follow along, subscribe, comment. Let me know what, Let me know how you're feeling, man. You think Mickey's gonna keep the job? Let me know in the comments. This has been that this has been the Through These Gates podcast. Peace out. God help us all. Thank you.